Welcome to the Sports and Torts podcast and its presentation of college football's last call. This podcast is powered by the J. Stein Law Firm, a personal injury law firm in Atlanta, Georgia. And now, the boys bring you their thoughts on this week in college football. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Sports and Torts production of College Football's Last Call, your weekly podcast for everything that you need to know around the world of college football. With us, as always, for your 30-minute trip around the nation is your boys, Jason Gans, Lawrence Kessler. Guys, what's up? Good evening. Good evening. I hope you enjoyed the uh, the bye week and rested the, the old liver this weekend. I did it, Larry. I did it. Um, uh, I should have rested. I didn't. But I'm coming to you from a different location in my house. Again, feel like I'm on the road. Uh, I feel like today's going to be a silly episode. There's not a, mu- not, not a ton to talk about as it relates to the dogs. Uh, certainly nothing to review from the past week. So uh, maybe we cut loose a bit. Have a little fun. I mean, the off week was a good time. Jason, me and you had our 25-year high school reunion on Friday night. Always good stories that come from that. And uh, then Saturday, kind of weird without a dogs game. I mean, I kind of found myself trying to kill a little more time than usual. There's still plenty of sporting events, you know, kids-wise. But um, kind of missed that three-hour block to watching the dogs. Yeah, yeah Josh, it, it, allowed, I- it allowed for us to spend some time, actually focus and watch some of the other teams around the country. And uh, let me tell you, I'm not very impressed. Yeah, I missed the three-hour block on Friday evening uh, at a reunion. <laughs> But uh, going into uh, this weekend, uh, it was fun. I, I, I spent some time watching other games. I, I'll tell you what. I, I watched the Texas-Oklahoma um, State game. I watched a good bit of the TCU-Kansas State game. I watched the LSU-Ole Miss game uh, and a decent amount of the South Carolina A&M game. Those were kind of the games I focused on. For clarity, the three-hour block that you missed, was it like 4.30 to 7.30? Was it like 8 to 11? Can we pinpoint the exact moments in time, or is it just kind of a lot of three-hour gap? I'd probably push that question back to you. <laughs> <laughs> I can speak for 8.30 to 9.45. Um, yeah. There were some time <laughs> during that time span. From ten, from nine forty five on, that's on you, buddy, or perhaps your ring camera. Well, there's a lost hour in there, uh, and uh, we'll put an APB out of that. If any of the listeners can find ten thirty to eleven thirty for me, there's a uh, reward in it for you. So good stuff. How did how did UGA? How the coaching staff? How the players? How they spend this last week? So I saw just just reading up. I saw that uh, the coaching staff did a lot of recruiting, right? I think the players from my Instagram followings of the players, uh, they were back at home. They were they were getting some R and R, but but the coaches were hot on the recruiting trail. They you know they closed the week of practice last week. You know it really is a bye weekend for the players. They were obviously practicing hard last week. I did see a video where Kirby and, and team brought in a uh, funnel cake and ice cream truck for the team towards the end of the week. And then you just hope these guys go home and, and keep themselves out of trouble uh, for the weekend. Um, we have been saying that. We have been saying that the bye week's uh, most trouble could potentially happen during the bye week. And then we did uh, We did also get a commitment over the weekend, too, a, a DB out of uh, North Carolina. So those guys, yeah, we're hot on the trail. Uh, and reloading, man, lifeblood of the of the team. So good stuff by the by Kirby and company this weekend. Speaking of, of Kirby bringing in funnel cakes and having some fun with the boys, y'all remember the diving stuff that Rick used to do with those guys? What the hell was that all about? I, I always thought that was very random, that that was like the thing that they did. Uh, that's how he always closed uh, summer camp, right? They'd take everyone to Ramsey Center and 
Coach Richt would climb the high dive and, and do a backflip. Now, it got a little corny, but let's just say if I tried to do that, I'd probably kill myself. Yeah, it was funny as hell watching guys. I, I know Jordan Davis wasn't really there when, when he did it, but but watching guys that are 6'6", 350 go off the high dive, scared out of their minds, it was pretty funny. Um, speaking, of, speaking of big fellas, Jalen Carter, um, you know, you look at the bye weeks, try to get healthy, get people the extra week of rest, maybe help people out a week before to give them that extra week. So Jalen Carter – A.D. Mitchell, um, these guys suiting up, playing, what's the word? I, you know, Kirby did his presser today, uh, not giving anything up. I think, look, if we really need them this weekend, they go. Do we need them this weekend? I don't know. I, I think uh, the coaching staff is probably looking more towards November 4th, November 5th. Um, I, they'll never say that, but I think we feel pretty comfortable about this weekend coming up. I think we are very much um, – the favorite this weekend, and I think we should, you know, dominate these guys. Yeah, we're a 21-and-a-half-point favorite going to the world's world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Now, you know, I sometimes have a fuzzy memory, but I can't recall when we were this big of a favorite uh, Never. Going, going into Jacksonville. I, you know, I remember in 1997 when Josh and I were freshmen, we went down there as a 20-point dog. And Josh and I, you know, we were 18 years old. We didn't have any money. And someone offered the two of us $75 a ticket. And and, and we, we sold our tickets. Now, the guy never came through. And, uh, you know, we thought we just lost $3 million each. We ended up going to the game. We ended up winning 37-17. You know, we, we covered the spread in reverse. But, uh, yeah, this is a big number. So that was also, we were that was also my first uh, adventure to Jacksonville for that game. And it's one I'll never forget. Robert Edwards coming around the corner, running into the end zone where we were sitting in the temporary bleachers that he had built with the scaffolding shaking back and forth. I believe, you know, people were getting car sick. And then, uh, and then, I, then I think I proceeded to go to every Georgia Florida game after that until 2003, of which we won zero. And we called it the Trail of Tears, driving back to Athens. And I said to myself then, after the, after Terrence Edwards dropped that wide open pass when we were up, his number. We were number three in the country, and number one and number two lost, and we beat it. We lost to a team we should have beat. I said, "I'm never going back to Jacksonville until we win whatever the number was at the time, like 19 out of 22." I see. I actually yeah. said we wouldn't go back until I won two in a row. I had much like, <laughs> you know, lower standards than you did. But yeah, that game. I believe that was the game, and I could be wrong where we did not have any three uh, third down conversions. Uh, I could be wrong, but I, but I think that was the game. You know, I, I love that, what was that, like six, seven, eight years in a row that we went down. I mean, such great memories. You think of the uh, uh, Bombay Bicycle Club, <laughs> what was that place yeah. called, by Embassy Suites, uh, Tallyrand, the, or Tally. The Tallyrand right. Tally line. We Tally always get to load up on uh, Hardy's, Hardy's uh, Fried Chicken, Bloody Mary's. Uh, spend, the, spend the night before at the landings and just watch, you know, fights break out left and right, usually Halloween weekend. So people are just extra bombed, yeah. lots of costumes, and just total so debauchery. So good. Gang, guys, for me, you, and our friend Sean went to um, Ruth Chris. Ruth Chris. Yeah. Remember after one of the losses, and we're all pissed off, dejected, and the waitress was like, how you guys doing? We're like, how do you think that we're yeah. doing? We're doing fucking terrible because we keep losing this game, and we keep coming down here every blessed year, and it's the same old story. Yeah, you're asking a fast question forward. you don't want to hear the answer to. <laughs> fast forward to 2022, and now we have, we're have we dominating the series. We're three touchdown-plus favorites. Kind of like we said about Auburn two weeks ago, it's like these programs are just going in absolute different directions. It's wild. I got a trivia question for you guys, and I know the answer because I looked it up. 
What's the uh, what's the overall record in the series? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I believe it's like Georgia. It's like probably we're. Pro- I think we're up by three games overall. The series. It's like probably forty-three to forty and two or something like that. I was gonna say we're up by like five or six. So I'll give you one hint. Uh, there's been a hundred games played. So I would say. 52, 46, and two, something I'm like gonna that. I'm going to say 45, sorry, 46, 44, 46, 43, and one. Is my math add up there? My math might be off. Uh, 54, 44, <laughs> and two dogs. I think I win. I was pretty close, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and really, it's been you know the past. Uh, Your bath is you know, play. yeah, well, that's fine. Uh, it's it, no 50, 54, 44, That's ninety eight and two, right? That's a hundred, isn't right. it? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was right. my math was off. I was never good at math. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and really, it's been the past decade, right? There's been some fun games down there. Dogs have dominated the past decade after the 90s, which were, you know, I don't think we won a game. Oh, 97. We won 97. Uh, 2000s weren't great. Um, even Zook. Zook took us to the woodshed. But um, the dogs look to go in there. I feel very good about it. There's no reason this game should be close. Yeah, weird stuff happens in Jacksonville. But, you know, I think since Kirby's been in, on board, it hasn't been as weird. We usually come in take care of business. I mean, he's got two coaches fired from Florida. Yeah. In six years, uh, typically after the game, after this game. Uh, Dan Mullen, uh, Jim McElwain got canned after we beat the crap out of him. And then last year, it was the beginning of the end for the Dan Mullen era. So they're, they're bringing in a new coach. They got some rebuilding to do. Um, you know, I have uh, I have scar tissue from, from Jacksonville, so it always makes me a little bit nervous down there. Uh, but I do think we take care of business this weekend. The, the first couple of weeks of last call, um, our boy AR-15 got a whole bunch of airtime. It's been very quiet since then. He hasn't really done much. He's kind of lost his luster with the media. I'm excited to see him play um, this weekend. I think that we're going to have him on his back running around all day long. Um, look for Kelly Ringo. Starks get some picks. Um, I, want, I want a crooked line coming from AR-15 so we can bash him next week. I get so that. Would you, would you like a statistic on AR-15 that I read today? Please. He's played two games against top 25 defenses this year, and then I guess six games against everybody else. In the six games against non-top 25 defenses, he's got 64% completion rate, 1,150 yards, five touchdowns, and four interceptions. That's not great, but against top 25 defenses, he's got a 45% completion rate, 209 yards, one touchdown, and three interceptions in two games. And you know where the love, you know where the dogs are in terms of of top ranked defense. I believe we're the third ranked defense in the country, are we? I love when my man comes with the stats. Way to go, Larry! So I've got I've got some stats too. I mean, Gans, you you pulled out the uh, record against Florida. You just pulled that one out. Um, the one that jumped off it caught my eye today. You know, Georgia is still ranked number one. I know that we don't really care about that. However, it is significant that we're ranked number one. So since 1936, Georgia has been ranked number one in the polls 30 weeks, okay? From 1936 until 2015 was 15 of those. Since Kirby came on board 
we've also had 15 weeks ranked number one. Yeah, I saw that. So he's covered, what, 75, 80 years worth of rankings in six years? That's a cool stat. Uh, yeah, and, and, and listen, I, again, I, I think that's going to continue. We're, we're in a good spot. This program is built to last. You see uh, these teams going out, and offense has been the uh, the focal point in recruiting. And we did say at the beginning of this season that th- this team would be different, right? This would be an offensive identity, even though Kirby historically is a defensive coach. But but you look, we still have a, a top-ranked defense, and Kirby's really looking to to solidify that defense and, and, and kind of going a different direction than than these uh, you know spread offenses. So I, look, I think that's going to continue. Um, I feel really good about the, the state of the program. And and uh, I look for us to uh, I look for us to make the playoffs this year. All right, let's pivot to the, to some other games. Jason, you mentioned a bunch of games you watched. Um, Lawrence, you did too. Which which one that jumped off to y'all, jumped off the page at y'all is interesting, entertaining, or, or noteworthy? What I forgot to mention was the the Clemson Syracuse game. That was the first one. I only caught the second half. Uh, from what I saw, Syracuse was was really taking it to Clemson quite a bit. Clemson pulled DJU. They brought in the kid from Austin, uh, top-rate recruit. He was average, but they got the win, uh, win and move on. Uh, so that, that was an interesting one, and, and their uh, students decided to rush the field afterwards, <laughs> which I found uh, entertaining. Yeah, so that, that was a good one. Yeah, rushing the field after beating Syracuse is always an interesting play. Uh, the whole DJU thing to me is, is, is weird because – you know, if you're if you're Dabo, do you view it as, hey, I'm just bringing in a relief pitcher, and then I go back to DJU this week? I don't know if they're playing this week or not. Um, do you go back to DJU, or is it now is it DJU? You know, go see what's in the portal, and it's now Cade Klubnik time. Uh, but yeah, Clemson again. You know, they have a couple of close calls in the ACC every year, which makes me think if they were in the SEC East or the SEC West, I mean, how good are they really? But they still have a clear path to the playoff. Like they just find a way to win. Um, not a huge fan. Their defense. So, so is Dabo strong. has already said. I, I think he's already said that DJU starting next week. So that that is answered. He um, did. Yeah, they've got a clear path to a number four seed, and they're going to get blown out in the in the first in the semifinals of the playoffs. How about our Oregon Ducks, though, man? I mean, I didn't see much of that game, but God, I mean, they're just cruising right along. Nick's is for real. Saw him on a Heisman watch today, of all damn things. Um, you said it last week, Gans. Like our win over them is 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 the best, and it's looking even better. Um, of anyone in the country. Um, they're a legitimate top 10 team. Thank you for bringing that up because I was going to. I, I, I would like to revisit that question from last week. Again, I, you know, I really do think that that's the best win. 49-3, to and not really a neutral site, but technically a neutral site. I can't find a better win out there. And, and by the way, to piggyback on that, our South Carolina win is starting to look better and better as well. Five and They're two, top, top twenty-five team. Our record against our record against ranked opponents this year, ninety-seven to ten. Now, uh, so the Ducks are now ranked eight. Bo Nix was built for Pac-12 football, um, and I think I mean there's a possibility that there's a Georgia Oregon rematch in Mercedes Benz in the first round of the playoffs. I don't see how we get there. I mean, I understand what you're saying. I just there's too many chips to fall. You've got uh, undefeated TCU team, and, and they are uh, the cardiac kids there. I watched that game. My, you know, my brother-in-law went to TCU, and, and so I, I've kind of followed them a little bit. Um, they were down 28 to 10, came back 138-28. Um, look, they control their own destiny. 
they they really do. As much as we wrote off the, the Big Twelve, uh, you've got Clemson. I, 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 Ohio State's got to play Penn State this weekend, but I think Ohio State's going to win. Um, then they've got to play Michigan at some point. So they kind of control their own destiny as well, as does Michigan. Yep. I, I just think it's is it possible? Yes, there's a lot of wood. I'm to just chop. saying. I'm just saying an 11 and one or 12 sure. and one Pac-12 champion that beats. Utah, USC, well, has to probably beat one of those teams twice, has yeah. a very strong resume to get the four seed in the playoff. I'm going to I'm gonna ask you a question about Ohio State, speaking of, of, of wins over top 25 teams. Um, actually, I'll do it this way. So if you were to add the number of wins against top 10 teams that both Bama has and Ohio State has, and I set the over-under 0.5, <laughs> You going over or you going under? I'm going under. I'm taking the under as well. I believe the answer is zero. It's zero combined for both of those programs. So Bam, Bam, yeah. is, Bam is interesting. They took care of business against the sketchy dogs. They came out and played. You know, they look like a different team. They got a bye week this week, and then they're going on the road at night to Death Valley. And you know, LSU had a pretty good win against uh, the 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 Lane Train and Ole Miss this weekend. Like, you know. Just keep a bam on upset alert. They haven't been good on the road. They're playing at night in LSU, and LSU is a scrappy little team. That was a very good win, actually. Um, LSU, I mean, and it makes Tennessee's win look even better, right? So Tennessee's got two good wins. They've got LSU and they've got Bama. We, we, we talked about the Bama win at length last week. I don't think we really need to rehash it. But LSU win looks even better. Almost not a bad team, and, and they spanked them this mm-hmm. week at, at LSU. So I got a I got a pretty big problem with the way Nick Saban handled the whole Jermaine Burton ordeal, and I don't want to steal your thunder, Gans, if that's nah. part of your stick with Burton. But but um, for him to go on and have that press conference and talk about how Burton was scared and the team was scared, and you know they handled it in house, whatever the hell that means, and you know they they gave him some counseling, but it wasn't like anger management or something. Like it's a bad look all the way around. You can't put your hands on a woman. As y'all said last week, put your helmet on, get get off the field. Um, I just, I, I think Saban is just losing it. I think he's just losing it. I, I agree with you. Um, I did hear some things and unsubstantiated rumors that that the young lady in question made some um, off color comments, and we'll leave it at that. Uh, nonetheless, I agree with what you said. If that's true, Saban's kind of in a no-win situation. You probably sit the guy regardless for a game at minimum and move on. But uh, uh, nonetheless, he you know he lit it up two for forty this past. I was going to say, how are you, how are you going to replace that offense that he provided with two catches for forty yards on Saturday? Leaves yeah, a big yeah. hole in your offensive game plan if you have to sit, Mister Burton. I think Matt Landers is still lapping him, uh, but I need somebody. Tom, check check the stats. How about uh, how about y'all's y'all's boys over at A and M? They just fall on their face yet again. That was the night game. Um, Columbia was was rocking, man. I mean, I you know I, I don't think we'd had a problem with them if it was a night game, but I think we did get lucky playing them at noon. That place was jumping. Jimbo's his, his eyes were bugging out of his face, and they. I just mean, got Shane, Shane Beamer is uh, Butch Jones two but he's you know ever since Georgia kicked that ass, you know they're on a little bit of a winning streak. You know they got it cooking in Columbia, but um, so A and M is three, three and four. Is that correct? Uh, That's right. I mean, if you're A and M, like I feel like you gotta fire Jimbo. But man, eighty five million dollar buyout is like, who's gonna do that? 
So last call, once again, on the uh, forefront in this industry. We've been calling this since uh, week one. Uh, he has an $85 million buyout, as Larry said. I actually thought it was 90, but let's just split the difference and say 85. Uh, everyone is talking about this right now. How do you get rid of him? How, this guy's terrible. You don't want him around. He's worse than Kevin Sutherland. Who signs a 10-year, $100 million contract with someone named not named Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Dabo Sweeney, uh, I don't get it. Uh, Mel Tucker has a, a massive contract too, which I think they're, it's going to come back to bite yeah, them yeah. in the ass. But A&M deserves everything. They deserve it. They deserve to be married to this guy. And no one's writing that check. No one wants to write a $10 million check, let alone a $90 million check. He's going to be there you next year. got a Jimbo year. of the week? Uh, yeah, so it was tough, right? Because um, I did watch a lot of football. No one jumped out at me. Uh, I, I got a couple of nominees. And then... Yeah, I'm waiting to get some blowback on, on who I ultimately pick. So what first nominee, of course, is the namesake. You go and lose, you know, your three and four with that, you know, making $10 million a year. You've got, you're up for it every week. Uh, I've got <laughs> dual Jimbo of the week uh, nominees in the two coaches from South Carolina. One, Dabo Sweeney and two, Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer got on the post-game press conference and said, I'm an idiot because I said the crowd can't affect the game. Uh, and they won the game for us. So any coach that literally calls himself an idiot on a post-game press conference and then said the crowd won the game for him is, of course, a perennial um, candidate. Dabo is just Ted Lasso. But I'm going to go ahead and give my Jimbo of the week. Again, it's a dual winner this week. It's to the students of Clemson and the students of LSU for rushing the field, beating two – well, Clemson beating Syracuse and LSU beating Ole Miss, who you've been beating – you know, the Magnolia Bowl, you've been beating them since, you know, uh, uh, what's his name, wore short pants. So uh, you guys you guys get it this week. The, the first fan base is to receive the Jimbo. And I, uh, again, Gans, cosign. That's what I, that person where I wrote my notes. Uh, I mean, just a yeah. total Bush League move, rushing the field for those games. Terrible. Agreed. Uh, I also cosign. So the Clemson fans, what they will tell you, what they told me, is that's part of the tradition, right? After home games, they go on the field, they do their thing, this, that, and the other. I'm not buying it. Total Jimbo move. LSU, if you've won a national championship in the last, what, five years, and you beat an Ole Miss team at home that you're favored over, and you rush the field, Jimbo move. So, agreed. Fan bases, so, get better. I agree. Uh, I'll switch gears. I want to go to another game that I watched, which was highly disappointing, was uh, the Texas Longhorns against Oklahoma State. If I were to set the over-under on penalties called on Oklahoma State in that game at .5, are you going to take the over or the under? I would take the over, but um, I'm assuming it's the under. Zero penalties called on Oklahoma State. I think that's what they call a lovely parting gift from your Big 12 officials to the Texas Longhorns. And Texas looked like shit. They were up pretty big at one point in the first half, and then they I think they lost by, what, they lost by 7, 42, 35, or something like that, 41. Yeah. Um, bad game all around. They had a ton of penalties. Ewers, not good. And then to get absolutely zero penalties called on the other team in a Division One football game is just crazy. Well, Larry, you brought up a good point as a party gift, but but really you know the whole reason why they had no penalties called. Because Mike Gundy is a man. He's 40 <laughs> he's years old. He's a 50, man. Bro. He's, he's 55, he's but in my mind he's always 40. He's, a man. he's been there a lot. You know what else is a great number from the weekend? Uh, y'all's y'all's hurricanes, Cristobal's hurricanes oh. had eight turnovers. He, 
How is that possible in, in anything but a Pop Warner football game? And with all apologies, with all apologies to, to Mario Cristobal, he probably deserves a Jimbo of the Week as well. I just haven't watched enough of his, his games. He's a terrible, terrible, terrible coach. And these NIL teams, the, uh, the A&Ms, the Miamis, I think Louisville's one as well, uh, do better. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I feel like we're kind of shitting on teams right now, but while we're at it, that tech game on Thursday night, Lawrence, you watched a lot of it. Um, I, did. I didn't watch much of it because I just couldn't. Man, let me tell <laughs> you, they set football back, you know, probably five decades that game. Uh, Thursday night, primetime game for the Yellow Jackets coming in on a two-game, you know, I don't know if we call it a winning streak just yet. Uh, two games, they had one under Brent Key, and their quarterback goes down. They bring in the second-string guy, uh, Gibson, I believe his name was, and um, – on the last play of the game, they're down seven. Now, granted, you know, they had like 65, 70 yards to go. He didn't even give his team a chance to get a pass interference, one untimed play. He totally Reggie-balled himself and ran right out of bounds to end that game. It was – Virginia was awful, and Tech made – it was pathetic. Uh, I don't know if – I don't know if Brent Key is going to win himself a head coaching job with another performance like that, but uh, – they uh, they did not look good. What do you what do you hear there uh, in terms of Brent Key? Uh, you've got Jay Bat. Is it Jay Bat? Is yep. the new AD? It sounds like he's a decent hire. Uh, I'm sure he's going to look around. But you know, up until this week, I thought Brent Key was probably had the inside track. If, if well, else. you know, so uh, Jay Bat coming from Alabama, Brent Key coached at Alabama. I don't know what their relationship or what yeah. that's what's going on there. You'd have to think he gets strong consideration, and then you know, then some of the other names. Obviously, you still hear Dion's name floating around. I don't know who else they're going to be able to really afford. So it'll be interesting. I think, I mean, you, you keep hearing Del McGee, you keep hearing they're going to want to talk to Todd Munkin. I think Todd Munkin would be an idiot to take that job. Del McGee, maybe, because he's not a coordinator. If, if someone wants to pay him $2 million, two and a half million bucks a year, sure. I think they'll probably look at Bill O'Brien as well. That would, that would not be a bad hire, I don't think. Um, yeah. What was the other? There was another game... Um, Oh gosh! So you were talking about tech. I'm trying to think of the other game that I watched. It was terrible. <laughs> oh, Iowa, <laughs> Iowa, Ohio State. Iowa's offense is its own class of Jimbo. Uh, Iowa has the worst offense in the history of college football. They are pathetic. In their best their offense, defense, a their defense outscores their like- offense every week. I think their defense had 14 points, and their offense had zero. The Big Lair Sucker Bet of the Week hits yet again. I think that runs your record to We're five good, two. Baby. Printing that money, um, ATM Larry. Print that money, baby. You took, you took Bama. Line was 21, 22. Mississippi State scored that last, literally last second touchdown. I, I wouldn't have felt too bad for it if that would have messed up the spread. But uh, you're cooking, man. Hope people taking your advice. I hope, I hope so too. I, wish I was taking my own advice, but uh, I have fun looking at the games. Last week was. <laughs> Last week was tough uh, in terms. There wasn't a, a bunch of games that I loved. And I was looking at the board today, and I literally re- started just jotting down t- uh, games that I like for the sucker bet this week. There's a bunch out there that look uh, pretty tasty games. Um, Ohio State minus 14 against Penn State. I think Ohio State's the sucker. TCU versus West Virginia and the fighting JT Daniels are minus 7.5. TCU looks like they're the, the, like the common sense pick. I think they're the sucker. I think Florida is a huge sucker bet. I think people are going to say 21 and a half in Jacksonville. Weird things happen. 
public's going to think it's a, um, a game that potentially is a slip-up game for Georgia looking ahead to Tennessee. I think the dogs roll in Jacksonville. And then Ole Miss is minus 2.5 against the Mets. Ole Miss is a huge sucker bet. Jimbo, Jimbo, listen, I've taken Jimbo once. They, they covered on a ball that hit the uprights. I'm not taking Jimbo again, but the one game that I am picking that I like the most out of this bunch is West Virginia. I'm going to take them plus seven and a half in the fighting JT Daniels. I'm not calling an outright upset of TCU, but I think it's going to be a close game, and West Virginia is going to cover against TCU. All right, so a couple of things. Uh, one, I'll take TCU. I, I bet on them a good amount. Of, I think I told you guys I watched a couple of games there. So fine, fair enough. That's easy. But Josh, question for you: Is this the sucker bet of the week or the sucker parlay of the week? I, I was I was actually gonna gonna take it the other direction. I kind of like the six pack he throws. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of good information in the big layers firing games, out, and just giving you some games to think want. about. And then I want to build up some anticipation, and then bam, JT Daniels. Well. I'm giving you props. I agree. Right. I, I kind of like it, but I do. I do mandate that you do pare it down to one, which sounds like you have. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he's, he's enjoying the segment, well, isn't he? I want to give my homework assignment. Then go ahead, get us five for next week. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna parlay it, and and on top of you picking them all, you need to present the odds of what it would be. If all five hit, I got a fifth right? one for so, you too. I wrote it down that I marked it off because I didn't quite love it. But if you want to add a fifth to the card this week, Syracuse minus four and a half versus Notre Dame. Syracuse is the sucker bet. Notre Dame covers this week. So you know what I love is that as you mentioned, I guess you're not actually betting these games with your own actual money. <laughs> um, the minute the minute the oh, minute man. you do start doing that, game, you're taking the other side of yeah. it. Oh yeah, because that, that that's when the ATM really starts yeah, flying. Yeah, right. I don't yeah, know yeah, if you yeah, know yeah. this, but I do have a mush factor that uh, has followed me for a very long time. So Larry's losers will <laughs> pay out with Larry. Hey, listen, I just I'm going to start charging good, good. a you know, monthly service fee, and I'm just going to make money on giving out the picks. It's kind of like being the house, right? Yeah, you need to get right, some sort stuff. of wrap on your head, be like a uh, fortune on, teller. And, I, can't, uh, I can't go swami on that. On that, I'd be more like a hammer swami. type guy. You know, I need some, I need some sort go. of gadget. Before we wrap, anybody have a change in their top four since last week? I, I do. Go ahead, Larry. I do a little bit because I, I had uh, Alabama. I moved Alabama out of my top four. I kind of think they're going to lose at LSU in two weeks. Um, so I have Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, and then I could not decide on my fourth at this point. Is it Tennessee or is it Oregon? Um, I think if you just go off where they are currently, and I think if Georgia wins a close one in Athens, um, goes on to the SEC championship game, I do think there's a possibility that Tennessee could get an at-large bid. A lot has to go, fall their way for that to happen. Uh, but I'm moving Tennessee into my fourth spot for the time being. I thought we had them you had them, I did in the fourth spot. Take. Yes, I, I'm going to keep mine the same as of today, as of production time. I do think there's a possibility that Tennessee loses to Kentucky this week at home, um, but we could discuss that next week. All those folks that paid $850 to sit in the 600 section for the Georgia-Tennessee game, sure hope you're wrong. Yeah. That, would, that would take a lot of air out of the sale of Stanford Stadium. It's the old pump-and-dump scheme. We'll <laughs> pump them up and then uh, short the market at the top. So, yeah, I, I look, I think I think it's possible. Kentucky's got a good defense. 
I'm not, again, not going to go back into it. We discussed it ad nauseum last week, but all the, the stars were aligned uh, for Tennessee. Let's see what they do. Let's see what they do against Kentucky. I think Can be you imagine the night out you could have in Athens with 1600 bucks in your pocket from selling two tickets to, to that game? Yeah, that's a lot of Long Island ice teas. Hey, that's a, that's a, that's a five-course meal at Basil Press, Jason. Oh, I've been there a few times. I don't think I'm allowed back. Been there, done that. Guys, good stuff. Week eight in the books. Looking forward to the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Uh, what did we, say? we said we want to have our own world's smallest indoor cocktail party and get away from the crowds when we're getting our asses kicked. Well, um, if you all listening, going to Jacksonville, have a great time. St. Simon's, all of it. Uh, boys, we will see you all this weekend, hopefully. Go dogs. Go dogs. Thank you all for listening. As always, keep chopping. See you next week. Later, boys. Later.